Welcome to the ECS Publishing New Music Podcast. We're very pleased that you have chosen to spend a few minutes with us discussing new choral music. This edition will feature music from both the Morningstar and Galaxy catalogs. I'm Mark Lawson, president of ECS Music Publishing Group, and I'm joined with two very distinguished colleagues, Caitlin Custer, our marketing director, and Chuck Perry, who serves on our selection committee. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks. In this podcast, we're featuring selections that have elements that are very original or are somehow unique. We're going to jump right in with our first selection, which is More Love by Kevin Siegfried. This piece is unique for a couple of reasons. And Chuck, what, what do you think? Why do you think this piece fits our criteria? It comes from a larger work which was written to go alongside the Foray Requiem. Um, and so similar to that, those texts. Um, this text is very affirming and uh, has a sort of positive slant. It's appropriate for a variety of types of performances, and it has an excellent recording. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think it's our, it was performed this Christmas by Conspirare on their Christmas concert, and there's a wonderful YouTube out uh, in the, on the internet uh, by them as well. Caitlin, do you have anything you want to say about this piece before we sure. hear it? Well, just if you want to know a little bit more about the composer, Kevin Siegfried. Uh, he's currently a composer in residence with the Capitol Hill Chorale in Washington, D.C. And he's getting a lot of play um, all over the country, lots of regional ACDA conventions and also the national convention. And um, also he was performed at the state funeral of George H.W. Bush. Um, and when he's not composing, he's teaching at the Boston Conservatory He's the theory coordinator there and also directs the songwriting division. I also, uh, in reading about him, found that it was interesting, or he has a research interest in early American and Shaker music. Okay. So I, I think you can hear that a little bit in this, in piece. this piece. Okay, well, let's start with more love.
The last recording you heard was by The Singers, directed by Matthew Culleton, who does such nice work on many of our recordings. The next piece we're going to look at is entitled A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Of course, there are many settings of A Mighty Fortress, but this one's quite unique uh, and is by Kyle Peterson. I just got an email from Kyle yesterday that he let me know that he got first place in the American Prize in Choral Composition. Which is great. So great honor for him. So Chuck, maybe describe just a little bit about this piece, and then we're going to actually talk to someone else about this. Well, it's always interesting when you take a known tune and text such as A Mighty Fortress and um, do something different with it. So this has an electric guitar accompaniment, which you can do with or without. Um, and it's just a very interesting take on a traditional hymn. In fact, I think so far, the performances it's received have been largely collegiate and concert settings. So it has a wide variety of uses. I think the thing to know about the uh, guitar part is that it functions a little bit like a harp part and is uh, something that uh, is just really quite unique. So I've asked Lee Nelson, the conductor of the Wartburg Choir, to join us uh, on, to discuss this piece a little bit. So, Lee, what drew your attention to this piece, and what kind of response did you get to it on your tour recently? Well, when it comes to hymn tune settings, uh, I must admit I'm quite finicky. <laughs> so I was very skeptical that one could set a mighty fortress with electric guitar, piano, and choir in, a, in an effective way. But when I heard how Kyle Peterson reimagined the hymn in this new and innovative way, I was, I was totally in. I was immediately drawn to the color of the electric guitar. It was something completely unexpected, especially within the context of setting a centuries-old hymn tune with something very modern, like the instrumentation of an electric guitar. And that breaking of expectations continued or continues throughout the piece. Just when you think you know what's coming next, Kyle adds something new to the texture, which beautifully captures the essence of the text that Kyle updates and, and slightly adapts. I had already had the Warped Choir tour program set, but when I uh, heard this piece, um, I had to go back to the drawing board so I could include this on our national tour to the West Coast. And thankfully, the audience reaction was very similar to mine. It was an instant favorite. Uh, in fact, everyone was asking if we had it on any of our recordings uh, that we were selling. And many of the musicians that were at our concerts asked uh, about how to get scores to the piece uh, and who this Kyle Peterson is. So after about the third performance, I texted Kyle and said, congratulations, I think you have hit upon something very special with this new setting. So do you have any conducting tips for those thinking of doing this with their church choir? Well, from a conducting or rehearsal standpoint, the piece is not difficult to put together at all. In fact, the Warped Choir learned the whole thing in two rehearsals. Uh, the voice writing is expertly done and can be sung very well by smaller, more inexperienced choirs to uh, larger, more professional sounding or more experienced choirs. 
the piano part is very straightforward as well, very well written. Um, the guitar part is not overly difficult, uh, but it does require, require someone with more than uh, beginning guitar skills. Uh, and you might want to spend some time with the guitarist to experiment with a variety of sounds that they are able to create with their, uh, with their amp. Um, I had no idea how many different colors uh, one could get, and it was a really fun process to put together. I can guarantee that the singers and uh, the congregation or the audience members uh, will absolutely love this piece and will be talking about it for a long time. Kyle Peterson is a name to watch for. Uh, he has a lot to offer the music world, um, and this uh, setting of A Mighty Fortress, I think, is just the beginning.
That was a great recording by the First Readings Project in Minneapolis. Now we're going to go over to Nebraska to hear Tom Trenny and his choir in Lincoln. So Tom is very creative in his approach toward choral music, and many of the things that he writes are unique. And actually, the next two pieces that we're going to hear are both by Tom. The first one is For Everyone Born. This piece originally came out in an SATB setting and had some parts that were more difficult than others. The reception for that SATB piece was uh, quite uh, extensive and very well accepted. And in that, he was asked to write some things for children's choir and for choirs that maybe could not tackle that SATB choir. Um, so Chuck, what do you think is different about this piece? Well, it's one of those pieces where um, churches often have an occasion or a Sunday when you want to talk about God's inclusive spirit and our need to be creators of justice and it speaks to the wider world and so Martin Luther King Day, World Communion Sunday, um, the, the text is by Shirley Arena Murray and so it's just a wonderful text and, and I think it's meaningful to the singers and to the congregation. I might add that this is also a part of our Presbyterian Association of Musicians series. Let's take a listen to For Everyone Born.
The next Tom Trenny piece is My Hope is Built. This is obviously a very familiar text to many people, and this is done in a gospel style. But the unique thing about this is what he does as he develops this text throughout this uh, composition. Um, Chuck, tell me a little bit about what happens. Well, it's set pretty traditionally in terms of it does feel like a gospel style, but then at the end of the piece, um, something happens which sounds like a million bucks but isn't really that difficult. It's a layered pyramid that you might find in any kind of spiritual setting or um, multicultural music where one part just sings a repeated fashion and then every part adds on top of that. By the end it sounds very complex but it isn't difficult for the singers at all. Let's take a listen to the First Plymouth Choir one more time.
Our next piece is The Imprint of God's Face by Margaret Tucker. This is another piece in the Presbyterian Association of Musicians series and is also a text by Shirley Arena Murray. This particular text acknowledges that we are divided by hate when we judge each other on our differences and it calls us to remember that we are made in God's image and that we must learn the language of love. I think this is just such a wonderful and beautiful text. I think it's interesting um, in researching Margaret Tucker that you know she's got sort of a traditional church career as an organist and choir director. Her degrees are in organ and choral conducting but she also has a degree in cultural anthropology so I imagine that that's part of where this interest comes from. And the tune is original to her. She wrote it and named it Todos Los Colores, which I think is nice, all, uh, all of the colors. And, um, and the piece has is written for SATB, but really is quite flexible. There are instructions in there of what to do if you have SAB or if you want to do it as a two-part mixed uh, soprano alto only or in unison. Okay, let's hear the singers. Oh, 
final piece in this segment is The Lord's Prayer by Scott Perkins. I find this piece to be quite unique because the cantor part or soloist part sings the Lord's Prayer completely on one note. It's a C that is sung over and over in a repetitive way. And then the choral parts are built around that. And so it gives a very unique and mysterious kind of feeling to to this composition. It sort of feels like older music, doesn't it? It does. And I think interesting is if you don't want to do it on a Sunday morning, it was really written for a Compline service. So there are other places where you can use it and still not feel like you're taking the Lord's Prayer away from the congregation as a response. And one of the things that could be unique about the use of this piece is I think it would be effective in the churches that have multiple um, worship services in which if they wanted to use this in a service without the choir, the cantor could sing it and the keyboard could just simply play the choral parts. And then later on in a different service, they could add the choral parts and it could be used in multiple ways. I think this is a good way to conclude with this recording by the singers. For more information on that piece or any of the pieces we talked about today, you can look in the podcast description and visit our website. 
We are so very pleased that you joined us today for this podcast, and we hope that you will enjoy us again. Thank you for listening.